0: well it's good to see everybody today what a beautiful day in the lord an exciting day so i'm excited to share this message with you today i title it lord save us so it's, it's obviously fitting for the celebration for today um, it's just a wonderful time of year where we can celebrate the triumphant entry of our lord and savior so anyway i really wanted to dig into that today um, peel the onion so to speak to dive into it a little bit deeper a lot of times we we go through things and we just don't take the time to fully to dive into it and see exactly uh what the lord has to show us so i want to open with a verse in psalm one eighteen, twenty five, and it says lord save us and it's just such a profound statement lord save us and it's one sometimes i think we uh We might not ponder on enough, but Lord, save us. So the meaning of this phrase, or the meaning of the phrase, Hosanna, that was shouted as Jesus made the prophesied and debut entry into Jerusalem as the Messiah of the world. Hosanna. Hosanna means Lord, save us. And it's just such a a penetrating statement lord save us and we truly all need to be saved we live in a world in a lost world hopefully we're we've all accepted christ as our savior but every time i think of this story this passage i'm actually reminded of another passage in john 4 and it's a story about jesus and the the woman at the well the samaritan woman and Jesus finally, through a discussion with her, convinces her that he is the Messiah, that he is the anointed one, that he is the chosen one. The Samaritan woman then takes this message, this profound message of the Lord who says back to her townspeople, and she convinces the townspeople that, hey, this is truly the one, this is the Messiah. And as a result, the town people believed. They believed that Jesus is the Messiah. And in verse 42 of John, it says, I'm um, trying to see what chapter this was in, John 4, it says, he really is the savior of the world. This was a townspeople. Wouldn't that be uh, something pretty neat to, to hear in our, our town, our city? People collaboratively coming together and saying, hey, this really is the Savior of the world. I really appreciated our praise and worship today. It was so moving. And I could just, I was reminiscing, I was thinking about this, the passage that's captured in all four Gospels about the triumphant em- entry. Of jesus coming into jerusalem and it says in in the book of matthew how the children were crying out they were actually it says that they were yelling out hosanna 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 save us save us save us through this triumphant entry story it becomes clear really clear that jesus really all he wants all he wants is for humanity to know without a doubt that he truly is the one who saves he was the anointed one he was a chosen one he is the one that came to save surprisingly we still live in a world that doesn't recognize that in many places there's many places where people haven't even touched a Bible haven't even been told about Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior The triumphant entry is a powerful story. It's a story where Jesus Christ is coming to claim his title as a Messiah publicly, unequivocally, by many. Many celebrate today as Palm Sunday, the triumphant entry. I hope to dive into that a little bit this morning, but before I do, I would like to to pause and pray. Well, dear Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your triumphant entry. Lord, the victory is yours. And Lord, I just pray that you would open our heart, our mind, and our soul to your word this morning. Lord, let these not be my words, but speak through me and to me. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that there's victory in you. Lord, you did the heavy lift, and you did what no other person could do. We thank you, Lord, that you are the Messiah we thank you that you are a lord that saves and lord we pray that those words the words of hosanna lord would be on our tip of our tongue and on our heart and lord we would not be able to contain those words that we would speak out those words to whomever would listen we thank you lord in jesus my pray. amen hosanna 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 powerful words as i mentioned the stories found in the In all four gospels so we're going to look at in matthew 21 mark 11 luke 19 and john 12. you might ask well it must be pretty important if they record it in all four gospels of course the bible is every bit of it's important but it's such a profound statement an act of what jesus did Palm Sunday is a day that commemorates a day that occurred one week prior to the resurrection of Jesus and the Sunday prior to his Friday crucifixion. Palm Sunday is one of the key events in history of the ministry of Jesus. It's so profound, as I mentioned, is shared in all four Gospels. It was an event that was prophesied by the prophet Zechariah. In Zechariah 9.9, which was a prophecy that was written 500 years before its fulfillment. 500 years. Zechariah 9.9 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout out loud or aloud. Some virgins may say in triumph. O daughter of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation, is he humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey? Wow, 500 years before it took place. This is the triumph entry that we're talking about. Jesus came riding on a donkey. In a time that was spoken that it would take place, there's many things in the Bible that have been prophesied about, that have already taken place, and many to come. The entry into Jerusalem, Jesus claiming to be the Messiah, was one of those things that have already taken place. Many believe in this story. Many believe that Jesus came riding into Jerusalem. On a young donkey, a colt that had never been ridden before, just as the prophet had spoken about. That story goes on to describe how the disciples placed their cloaks on the colt for Jesus to ride upon, fulfilling yet another part of the prophecy. Have you ever noticed that prophecy about Jesus? It's not well. I can kind of stretch it, make it fit. No every prophecy about jesus is so precise so exact and it always stands the testament of time i've learned years ago that the bible is a standalone book it doesn't need me to prove it many people in jerusalem who saw jesus arrive they acknowledged and they treated him as royalty just as we should all do today in mark 11 in verse 8 it says again that many of those spread their cloaks not only on the donkey but it says on the road and others spread their spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields they were really rolling out the red carpet they acknowledged that jesus was of royalty he was a son of god he was a messiah as prophesied about that would come it was a, such a moving time a powerful time a time that had to be fulfilled and to be honest i wouldn't be standing here today if there was any doubt that this prophecy was not fulfilled jesus is the messiah The people of Jerusalem also sang a song, probably much like we did this morning, praising wholeheartedly. And in Matthew 21, 9, it explains, it says, And the crowds, they went before him and they followed him and they were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he the one that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. A few verses down in verse 15, it, it says that the children were shouting Hosanna in the temple. I can't wait to see our kids shout Hosanna. And I just love the, the children ministry that we see here today. So many people pour into our children. I think the children are going to be instrumental in bringing us adults into this sweet place that we can all cry hosanna 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 i love the way that it said they shouted to me that's very moving sometimes we're as adults we look around to see well who's listening and i'm too loud or whatever but the kids don't care they shouted they shouted hosanna 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 Jesus' arrival arrival during the time of the Passover week led to much attention. As you can imagine, it was a busy place. It was Passover time. In Matthew 21, in verses 10 and 11, it it says, "And he entered, and when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up." Some of your your versions may say shaken i don't know if you guys have noticed but jesus has a way of stirring people up shaking people up i know he has me and continues to do so as a matter of fact i would say if we're not stirred up or shaken up we should be asked to be we want the words hosanna to come forth from our lips be on the tip of our tongue always People should be able to sense that word on us. I can remember flying years ago, sitting by a perfect stranger. Never seen him, never talked to me, he looked at me and says, you're a Christian, aren't you? <laughs> he could sense Hosanna within me. He could sense that joy within me. That the joy of the Lord is in me. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna. Jesus shook up Jerusalem that day. He stirred them up. People were saying, who is this? And the crowd says, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Again, this was all part about Jesus claiming that title of being Messiah. Not just the Messiah of the Jews, but Messiah of the world as the people of Samaritan proclaimed Jesus is a savior of the world I don't think that it is heard enough in this day and age it needs to be heard everywhere just as like it was in Jerusalem people were crying out people were rolling out the red carpet so to speak that Jesus is the one who saves he's the Messiah The disciples did not understand the significance of the triumphant entry at this point in time. It took a little bit to sink in, to realize what was already spoken about. In John 12, 16, it says, His disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him when i read this passage i was thinking you know sometimes the lord is he's always at work right in our lives sometimes we may not fully understand what's going on at this particular point in time and it may take days or weeks months or even years to fully appreciate what the lord had been doing Oftentimes, we don't understand that Jesus is stirring things up. He's stirring things up in our lives. I think he's trying to get us to be very proactive. He's trying to stir us up or we will be heard. We live in a society where we don't need to be silent. People need to sense and know that the Lord is within us. We need our children to be shaken up. We need to sing Hosanna to the God who saves, the God who heals, the God who not only heals, but he heals the brokenhearted. He heals the blind. He heals the lame. We've seen many healings in this church and in many other churches. Those need to be spoken out. All glory and honor needs to be to God. During this time of the triumphant entry, Jesus came into the city. Jews were hoping he would go right to the White House. No, he goes to the other White House. He goes to the temple, the house of prayer. One of the first things he does is he starts knocking over the tables because people had lost their way. They forgot about serving God. They started lining their pockets and making profit off of activities in the temple. Jesus stirred them up. He woke them up. He told them, This is a house of prayer. It's my Father's house. This is what Jesus does. Jesus is not passive, He's active. And He wants to be active in each and every one of our lives and all of our hearts. The Pharisees were all bent out of shape some of the Sadducees the religious leaders of the time I'm not saying all of them were the Bible tells us that that some of them were in John 12 17 and 19 you can read about this it says that the crowd that had been with him when they when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead And granted, this was still hot on their mind. Jesus had just previously, recently, called Lazarus up from the dead. And he was still alive, walking around. That was undeniable. And he, it goes on to say, and he continued to bear witness goes on to say that the reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard what he had done the sign it says that so the pharisees said to one another you see that you are gaining nothing look the world has gone after him in other words the pharisees is like they're throwing their hands up in the air they're saying look we can't stop it this thing is it's it's like a wildfire The word is getting out that Jesus is a Messiah. He heals. Jesus rode into town that day on a little donkey, taking his rightful title as the Savior of the world. As we think about this story, there's many points you can glean from it, but there's four in particular I want to point out. Number one, it served as the fulfillment of prophecy that the word of god stands alone and it is self-validated number two it was an official and public recognition of jesus being the messiah and also it prepared the way for the events that led to the death and the resurrection of jesus christ he laid the foundational work his ultimate grand finale his death and his resurrection but the fourth point always reminds us of the importance of recognizing jesus as king he is not necessary as a king that we desire when you think about what was going on when jesus rode into town in jerusalem that day they were expecting a king to pull them out of the oppression and suppression that the romans had imposed on the jews they wanted him not to go to the temple they wanted him to go to the big white house they were thinking he's a prophet he's done all these great things you know they were probably reminiscing on what moses did and went and freed the Went and tried to, uh, or sorry, went to Pharaoh and was directed by God and to free the people out of slavery that had been in slavery for 400 years. I think they were thinking possibly this was going to happen, and they were, Jesus comes in riding on a donkey, not a war horse. Jesus came in peace. Now, he will come back a second time, as the Bible tells us. And he won't be riding on a donkey jesus is our lord and savior he is our messiah the people who shouted hosanna later shouted crucify him they desired deliverance from the roman rule but jesus came to deliver all right but it wasn't from the romans no it was from a much deeper level He came to deliver people from sin. Have you noticed today that people do not want to talk about sin? That's like, nobody wants to talk about sin. Sin makes people uncomfortable. When you start talking about sin, people want to try and self-justify themselves for their actions. Jesus came to deliver us from that sin. The triumph triumphant inquiry is something that Christians need to joyfully celebrate and commemorate today. We have freedom through Christ. Those chains of sin have been broken, and only Christ could break them. There's other belief systems in this world that would tell you that you can be free from the burden of sin by good works. Or funds that would be contributed to the organization. The Bible that we look at today tells us that there's only one way that we can be free of sin. The Bible says that our sins can be separated as far as the east from the west because of the blood of Christ that was shed for us. That's pretty far. The power of sin is truly powerful. And our lord and savior is the only one that has overcome it but thankfully as believers in him we are found in him in john 14 30 jesus tells his followers his disciples he says satan the ruler of this world is coming but he says this profound statement he goes on to say But he has no power over me this is a god that we worship today the one where satan has no power over he is our deliverer we were singing some songs this morning about being delivered we truly have been delivered Jesus knew freedom from sin was far more important than any short-term gain or relief from any Roman impression or suppression. Just as Jesus knows today that he's looking at the eternity. He's thinking about the long haul. He's thinking about making peace with the Father on our behalf about making us clean and righteous and holy through him sounds pretty good to me because it's nothing to be honest nothing that i could do to make myself righteous it's only by the mercy and grace of our lord and savior many people think they can Do things that would bring them righteousness. No. Righteousness comes from our Lord and Savior. Now, we're called once we're... God is in our heart and we're singing a different tune. Our desires will change. Our likes, our dislikes will change. I know for me, they have. The things that I used to think about, desire after have gone away the things that used to perk me up they've changed to a different way does it happen overnight no because the lord needs to work in our hearts and i'm still a work in progress but truly jesus does deliver us he is our king and he is worthy of our praise He's worthy of our praise and our adoration. Some of the people at that day, as a matter of fact, I would go on to say, is some of the people that we may know in our lives or know of, they had a shallow love. It was more driven by life circumstances. The love that they had for Jesus at the time when he rode in, I would classify it as more of a shallow love because it quickly changed from calling out Hosanna and praising our Lord to crucify Him. A shallow love is driven by our own selfish desires. Adoration, praise and adoration. Praise and adoration is a deep love. And I think that's what the Lord is calling us to do today. He's calling us into the deep. He's calling us into that deeper love for him. That deeper commitment, that deeper sacrifice. As a matter of fact, I would would go so far as to say that he demands that he requires that deeper love of us. Not a shallow love. One that's going to stand the test of time, the circumstances of life. Jesus may have rode in on a a donkey. He did ride in on a donkey. As a matter of fact, he rode it in to his ordained death. But the Bible also tells us that death would soon be powerless. Romans 1, 4 says, he was declared the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. That is powerful. Powerful. We truly need to further appreciate this triumphant entry. it was a big deal back then and it's a big deal today people need to hear about it people need to hear about it everywhere we go when Jesus rode in he was firmly taken his godly recognition as savior of the world previously we hear about it in scripture we're in more private settings he would let it out but here he was publicly announcing it publicly accepting that recognition and publicly proclaiming it when i was reading the scripture earlier i was thinking about presidential elections not just the last one but many and i'm thinking about the process the inauguration of a, a new president coming into power over our united states and i think about the times where i've watched inauguration ceremonies the process of inaugurating someone is officially inducting them into that position and it it occurred to me that's really what jesus was doing when he rode into jerusalem in this triumphant entry he was really being inaugurated he was taken on that that role um officially publicly if you will as a messiah it had been foretold it had been prophesied about and he was taking all the all the stops off as we say in the oil field there would be no more question no more doubt that he is a messiah of the world Just as we should live our lives. No more stops. No more holding back. Hosanna to the highest. Even though some of them failed miserably shortly after the foretold inauguration, as I call it, Jesus, so full of grace and mercy, went through with it. As a matter of fact, he went through it with delight. He was delighted to come as he firmly and rightfully took his position as Savior of the world. In Psalm 48, I love this passage. David was speaking, but then there's a a pause and it's quoting a, a conversation to Jesus, to the Father. And it says, and this is, This would be Jesus speaking. It's really a verse. It could be none other than Jesus. Quote, he says, I delight to do your will. My God, your law is within my heart. He's talking about coming. He's talking about being the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He was delighted to come. He knew that people would be shouting out hosanna one minute and crucify the next but yet he was delighted to come because he loved us so dearly so it's, it's a love that to be honest i don't even think we we can fully understand the depth of that love he knew our shortcomings isaiah 42 1 is really the the flip side the other side of this conversation this is the father speaking he says, Here is my servant, whom I, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him. The Father was delighted to send his Son, and his Son was delighted to come to be the Savior of this world. I don't know about you guys, but that should put some, some hallelujahs in us. That should make us happy. That should put the joy in us. That should put another spring in our step. Just like those kids singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. The kids were shouting Hosanna. The amount of love that God has for us ran deep. The triumphant entry of Jesus, the inauguration ceremony, as I, I like to think of it, was a calling into his calling us i'm sorry us into his righteousness if you really think about it he was calling us into righteousness a calling unto all mankind young and old rich and poor strong and weak unto his righteousness jesus is the coming messiah the savior of this world the lord of lord the king of kings and delightfully took his position. Won't you? We need to take our position. We live in a world that so many people fail to take their position. God is calling us out of that unboldness. He's calling us to be bold, to be strong, to be courageous. He's calling us into a time that we will joyfully, willfully, and boldly cry out, Hosanna. Isaiah 42, 5 and 6 says, Thus saith God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched out them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, And the spirit to those who walk in it verse 6 is a powerful verse it says I am the Lord I have called you into righteousness here's our sign as a TV show used to say here's your sign we're called we're called into righteousness each and every one of us if we're going to be a follower of God a believer we need to know that we're being called into righteousness. The Lord demands us to live a life of righteousness, a life that is holy and pleasing unto him. It goes on to say in that verse, it says, I will take you by the hand and I will keep you. I will give you a, I'm sorry, I will give you as a covenant for my people and a light for my nations. That is so powerful. I'm going to be closing soon, but in Revelations 7, 9 and 10. I've read this verse many times over, and it's, it's so powerful, and I, I really try and picture it in my mind of just what it looks like. And it, it's really, again, it's one of those verses, too, where it's hard to really fully comprehend what it would be like. But Revelation 7, 9, and 10 is a beautiful complement to what we celebrate when remembering Jesus' triumphant entry. And it says, After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. It says, From every nation, from all the tribes and the peoples and languages standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and they were crying out with a loud voice salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb that is such a powerful powerful statement salvation belongs to our God this is the same God that rode in on Palm Sunday the triumphant entry even the word triumphant means victory it's done Jesus I believe is inaugurating us today he's calling us not only into his righteousness but he's calling us to be that that light on that hill that little beacon in a dark world. He wants to use us in many ways. In Hebrews, Tina pointed this verse out to me, so I'm going to, it really hit me hard when I was talking about inauguration. We were having this discussion this morning, but in Hebrews 9, 6, it talks about The old covenant and it talks about how there was a this covenant was inaugurated with the blood of animals but when we think about what jesus did his triumphant entry and his soon to be crucifixion and death and resurrection he ushered in a new covenant it was a blood covenant too but he was the blood. We celebrated communion this morning, commemorating what he did—not what any of us could have ever done—but his perfect blood shed for us, for our sins, our transgressions, all of our shortcomings. There are many. Past, present, future. I'm sure glad we don't—we're not under the old covenant. I don't think there'd be too many moose running around. God is so gracious. He is our new covenant. He is inaugurated as our Savior of the world by shedding of his blood. His triumphant and perfect blood. That's what I wanted to share this morning. Everything about Jesus is triumphant. And we as his children can be triumphant through him, through his blood. Henry speaks quite often about walking in the blood of Christ, the covering of the Lord, how the Satan cannot cross that bloodline. We read about in John 6 where Jesus was telling the disciples that Satan has no power over him. That's the God that we celebrate today. He is triumphant. And he wants to be triumphant in each and every one of our lives. So, with that, we'll stand and close in prayer. And I would just encourage each and every one of you to let the Lord be triumphant in your lives. If there's something that's holding you back, slowing you down, give it to him. Because he is a Lord who saves he's the lord that does mighty things for dear heavenly father lord we just thank you lord what you did what no one else could do some two thousand years ago lord lord we read in your scriptures about your triumphant entry lord taking title publicly lord as savior of this world as a messiah for all mankind for any who would believe upon you And, Lord, we believe you today. We believe, Lord, that you came, that you shed your perfect blood for us. And, Lord, we ask that, Lord, that you would stir us up. Lord, as you stirred up Jerusalem that day, you would stir up each and every one of our hearts. And, Lord, you would use us in mightier ways. And, Lord, I just pray that your word would just be stirred up in each and every one of our hearts. And, Lord, I pray that people would be attracted to us, Lord, as they would see, Lord, you who are within us. And that would be an opportunity to share your word, to share your goodness, to share your salvation. And, Lord, today we just cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And, Lord, I just pray you would strengthen our boldness, our walk in you in every aspect of our lives. Lord, help us to be mighty warriors for you. And we just thank you, Lord for your greatness. Lord, we are not worthy of what you did for us, but we thank you nevertheless. And we just cry out Hosanna today to you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' my I pray. Amen.